Welcome to LilyPod episode 30, The Truth About Negative People. Jeff and Kathy Teichert bringing you another episode of LilyPod, which is a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Today we're talking about the truth about negative people. And it's a follow-up to LilyPod episode 25, which is the truth about positive people. Jeff and I really don't like dwelling on the negative, but it can give us insight on how to be more positive if we know what negative looks like. Right. And I mean, we were talking before we started this podcast tonight and thinking about um, what's the natural way for us, for our minds to go. Well, our brains are 2 million years old and their instinct is for survival not necessarily for happiness or contentment or satisfaction. They look first for anything wrong. And so our natural state is to worry constantly and to think about everything that could go wrong. And if you feel this way or think this way, it's not just you. It's the natural tendency of pretty much everybody. Right. And so in episode 25, our conclusion is that positive people make an intentional effort to be positive, whereas negative people fall into their natural condition. And we know that our natural uh, state of being as humans is, is an enemy to God. And that isn't really what he wants for us as his children. Right. So just keep that in mind as we go through and talk about the truth about negative people, that the main truth that we want to to highlight is that it's our natural condition and without effort, it's kind of just what happens. Right. Now, when we talk about effort in this regard, it isn't to say that we think um, that we think it's necessarily bad to be vigilant about things that could go wrong or, or whatever. The, the problem is when it starts to really interfere with your happiness and when we dwell or obsess about things. One thing we've noticed about people that tend to be negative is they seem to believe that people who things are going good for have had everything handed to them, whereas people who are more negative have had either bad luck or in many cases, they're really down on themselves. You know, if I wasn't such an idiot, this or that thing wouldn't have happened. You know, look at, every, I ruin everything I touch. You know, there's there's that kind of negative. Well, and there might be also some jealousy in looking at positive people and thinking, oh, they're positive because they have everything handed to them. There's this assumption there that, oh, I can't have that because I'm just in this bad situation. Right. Um. And they, yeah, they tend to assume unfavorable circumstances exist in their life because they're unlucky or because they're treated poorly. 
Yeah, or even because they're not good enough. It, it may be a self-degrading um, kind of attitude. So life is going to hand us some negative circumstances, whoever we are. You know, Jesus said, God sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Yeah, so, so regardless of our attitude, we all will have some negative circumstances in our life. That's part of life. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're a good person, a not so good person, whatever. Uh, you'll have it. But what do you focus on and concentrate on? Now, most of us, our tendency is to focus on what could go wrong, what is going wrong, because we have a tendency to want to protect ourselves or to fix it as opposed to being focused on what could go right. Right. And I think it be is because we want to fix it. And we think that the way to fix it is to drill down on it. Right. And really the opposite is true that when we focus on the good in our life, that is the thing that will expand. Uh, but it's just, we just have this human tendency to want to focus on what's wrong and fix it. And that's not really how we fix it. Yeah. If you, if you have a, a negative thought or a, a negative emotion, it helps to think of that like weather, like a, a storm cloud that you see passing over in the sky. It's here and pretty soon it will be gone and you just kind of let it run its course. You let it float on by and, and you know the sun's going to come out again uh, once it passes. Right. And for those of us who are in this negative cycle, if we complain a lot, we tend to attract complainers, uh, and then uh, everyone wants to basically commiserate together. Yeah, um, there's a sense, I think, almost that we feel like it it's a way of connecting with the other person. But right. Sometimes we want to one-up the, the trials or the challenges of some of our lives. Either one-up it in a competitive way or even relate to it. Uh, and, you know, I mean, there's when you're in when you're grieving, that helps a little bit. But and to, to some degree, actually, I think relating is is part of our humanity. And, and, yes. it, and, and it can be a good thing if it doesn't spiral into a negative fest, which leaves everyone feeling cold Icky. and unfulfilled. Right. It's not really it's not elevating if it's not uh, pure compassion. And, right. you know, and and at least making an effort towards the positive, which. Right. I mean, I think in, in some ways, some of the suffering we go through can be redemptive depending on how we approach it. Uh, and what I mean is we can, we can feel and understand better how other people who suffer have experienced things uh, when we've experienced it, kind of like Jesus Christ had to suffer so he could learn how to help all of us. We, to a lesser extent, do that and we can minister to others out of the wellspring of our own suffering. But, and this is a big but, we don't do someone uh, good by just spiraling into the negative as Kathy talked about. Right. So I think we just have to be really careful how we approach negative subjects if we don't want to be a negative person. Right. Right. 
Uh, you know, in episode 12, we talk about divorce stories and every divorcee has a story and we have all told them at one time or another. Um, and for a time, it is healthy to process our story and feelings with other people. However, if our focus doesn't shift to making our story a positive learning experience at some point, it's easy to get stuck in toxic emotions. And if you believe uh, you have shifted to using your divorce story as a learning experience, and the things you have learned are all about how to protect yourself from marrying a jerk again in the future, then you might want to think rethink that because the learning that we believe is the most beneficial is self-reflection and personal change. Not focusing outside ourselves, but on how we can show up better in a relationship. Right. And of course, you're naturally going to want to pick the best spouse you can the next time around. And, and your mind is naturally going to, to try to do that. The, the difficulty, you know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, I, I know how I'm going to have a better marriage next time. I'm not going to marry such a gaslighting narcissist <laughs> as I did last time. And, you know, whatever truth or, or not there is to that, uh, it's much more productive to think, what was my approach to marriage last time? What would I like it to look like next time? How would I like to be a better spouse? Uh, and, and by becoming what the kind of spouse we want exactly. to be with, um, well, and at the we end will of the, attract that. Well, right. And at the end of the day, we have more control by focusing on ourselves than by focusing on trying to change, avoid, or judge others. Right. All right. Moving on. Uh, if our entire focus on a date is uncovering and seeing red flags, then we will tend to see them everywhere, even in the most innocuous behaviors. And paradoxically, we will begin to attract those things that we really don't want. Um, so we suggest instead to look for green flags. Uh, so this is kind of doing the opposite of a negative person. This would be focusing on what we want rather than what we don't want. These would include desirable qualities that we're looking for. Right. Now, an example of a red flag would be um, my my date or my partner is an hour late showing up for our date and has an excuse. And I may think, gosh, my last spouse cheated on me. That's probably where this person was. They were probably off, you know, with somebody else. Or it could be that... Um, the person uh, is is late and you're thinking, you know, my my previous spouse was never there for me either and didn't place a priority on me. And, you know, the truth could be that this person has a very legitimate reason for showing up late. And it doesn't mean any of the horrible things that we think it means. Now, an hour is extreme. And, you know, it definitely would warrant a discussion. In fact, you might not be there at the restaurant anymore. Right. Um, but, you know, I was just thinking, what if they are a service-oriented person that will stop and do anything for anyone? And now, you know, then maybe they don't have their priorities in order if they've made a date with you and they didn't prioritize that. Well, I know that's another discussion. But, you know, this brings me to uh, the flips and flops factor that we discussed in our book, Intentional Courtship. Flips are the upside of a characteristic and the flop is the downside. And the really every negative and positive characteristic that we have in ourselves and the other people have in themselves always has a flip and a flop. And we decide how much we're functioning in our flip or our flop, right? right. 
And so the, the flip would be if you're, if, you know, if you're service oriented and you're willing to do anything or anyone, that is a, your, the flip, you know, side of that factor. And then the flop would be if you don't prioritize other things that, you know, you have committed to and whatnot. So, you know, in our marriage, we actually try to focus on our flip factors in ourselves and in each other because we're driven a lot less crazy if the, the flop side comes up every once in a while, but we realize there's a flip side to that quality that we really appreciate about each other. Very true. And, and I think with, uh, with regard to dating on this, on this subject, I, I wouldn't suggest, I, I don't think Kathy would, that you ignore obviously abusive behavior. Like oh, the waiter comes and there's something wrong with your order and your date explodes in anger. Okay, that's a really a real red flag because it shows the person has an issue with right. anger. So we're not saying never to look for red flags, but we just want to be careful not to focus on them too much because that's what a negative person would do, and then they'd get more of that. Right, and and don't look at things that are innocuous, even like someone is a little late or, you know, they came straight from work or whatever. That isn't necessarily a a red flag, even though it may trigger us. Right. Well, you know, rather than looking for a partner, let's, this is just an example. Rather than looking for a partner who's not unfaithful, look for a partner who is loyal and devoted. Now it may seem like those two things are the same, but they're worlds apart in their context and tone. Um, they're also very different in the way the law of attraction will work because one is always looking for what is wrong and the other is looking for what is right. So look, so if you have negative qualities you're trying to avoid in an, in a person or future someone, figure out what the opposite of that is and look for that intentionally. Right. I mean, you could always say, oh, I would never marry someone that was so cold uh, and unfeeling again. But instead, uh, you know, this is just another example of what you said, but uh, you could say, I want to marry someone warm hearted and uh, affirming and you know you could right. look for that instead so you can always find the opposite and then focus on that and that is a way to decrease the negativity increase the positivity Kathy have you ever seen the movie Pollyanna mm-hmm do you remember Pollyanna uh, was talking to the Reverend who was always very negative in his sermons until he met her and she had this locket or this this pendant she wore around her neck and she had the, the Reverend, Reverend Ford, read it. And it was something her father, who was a minister, used to quote all the time. Do you remember what that was? Mm -mm. It said, if we look for the bad in mankind, expecting to find it, we surely will. And that was a quote from Abraham Lincoln. And, uh, and her father had... You know, in that movie, her father had gained a great deal of perspective from that quote. Well, and the opposite you is true. You find what you're looking for. Right. And so we want to be looking for what we do want and not what we don't want if we want to be on the positive side of the dating experience. Very true. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to another subject, um, when we're negative and pessimistic and start a project, always looking for why it won't work or what is going to go wrong. Uh, we tend to get discouraged at the slightest setbacks and we give up trying. Um, that's in stark contrast 
contrast to optimistic people who continue to try hard even in adversity. One reason negative people have a harder time attracting good things into their lives is because they give up easily. And, you know, we want, we miss 100% of the shots we don't take. And negative people who are not optimistic about the shots going in are naturally going to take fewer of them or none at all. Um, and negative and pessimistic thoughts are just naturally disempowering. They retard our ability to keep trying. Right. I mean, if, if literally we're talking about basketball, for example, and I'm a kid on the playground and I want to play basketball too, and everybody else is playing and it looks like fun, and I shoot an air ball, you know, that, and I feel embarrassed and ashamed and think, oh, I can't play nearly as well as the rest of these other kids. And, you know, am I going to be inclined to take another shot? No, I, if I tell myself, well, good trial, I, I usually shoot better than that. Um, maybe I'll take another shot and maybe it'll take me six, seven tries before I finally get one to go down. But if I continue to try, it'll, I'll get better. You could say the same thing when it comes to, to dating as well, that if I ask someone that I'm interested in for a date and she says no, uh, if I've, if I feel like, oh, that just is the way things go for me, I'm not attractive, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, desirable, am I going to try again? Probably not. And also, are you going to be desirable? Because I don't personally think that's a very desirable trait. Yeah, if you're a sad sack, that's that's not attractive. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, this negativity thing is, is is actually a really big issue for anyone single and, you know, hoping to be in a partnership. I mean, what kind of person do you want to attract into your life? Right. That's um, anyway, back to the subject of the truth about negative people. <laughs> well, let me say something related to mid singles along with this. Sure. Most mid-singles that we've met have experienced deep disappointments. Oh, yes. Um, There's totally understandable reasons why they might be really negative. Right. And it is tempting sometimes to get stuck in that energy. And, and you know, I don't blame anyone for doing that, but I also know it doesn't help. Right. Well, and sometimes we could be stuck in it kind of almost against our will at first, when we start to try to make a change, because it doesn't always go as quickly as we want when we make a change. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've, I've mentioned before, um, driving a boat is different from driving a car because when we turn the wheel of a boat, we may expect it to turn immediately and you sort of count one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000. Oh, now the boat's starting to turn. And, you know, whereas a car, more friction turns immediately. Life is more like a boat than a car that way. We may make a decision to start thinking differently and to start doing things differently. How long is it going to take for the results to show up in our life? You know, how long does it take a jar of jelly to roll down a hill? You know, I want to actually mention something we heard tonight from a mid-single friend of ours. He said that... Uh, he went on a date and he paid for a dollar movie because he was done dating. He just didn't want to do it anymore. He was so sick of it. 
And the person who he met up with was also about ready to cancel their date and just decided, okay, what the heck, I'll just make it this one last date. That last date for each of them turned into a beautiful courtship and now they're engaged. Right. <laughs> so you never know when that one more might be the one, you know? Right. And and when if you're tempted to say, uh, it never works out for me, friends, it only has to work out once. Right. Well, and if you need to take a break, take a break. But that sure. doesn't mean it needs to be forever. Just right. be willing to get, you know keep trying because you never know when that one thing will work. Right. I'm um, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to mention that, you know, if you feel like your life has drifted into a negative headspace, which we all can do, which we've all probably done at some point, uh, and you wish to transition to a more positive way of thinking, just remember not to be disappointed if your results in your outer world don't change immediately. Yeah. You know, Kathy, I remember uh, a time when I was a mid-single and I, I, things had just kind of started to turn around for me. Um, I had started to date more, with more purpose. I had gotten uh, gainfully employed again and, and was making money and supporting myself and my son. And, you know, life had started to get a little bit better for me at that point. And I remember just rediscovering everything. Like I bought a, a Buick, a Buick Rendezvous. And I loved that car. It wasn't new when I bought it, but it was very comfortable and it was fun to drive. And every time I got behind the wheel of that car, I just felt blessed. And, and so many things in my life were like that. You know, um, when I would meet an interesting, attractive person, I would think, yeah, this is, this is amazing. You know, even if it ended up not being someone that I went forward with, but I, I think we can only enjoy something to the extent that we're grateful for it. And, uh, and to the extent that we appreciate it. Uh, if, if we don't even notice, you know, how blessed we are to have this or that thing in our life. Well, it's almost as if we didn't have it at all. And negative people tend to miss out on enjoying the blessings they do have because they're focused on what is wrong or what might be wrong in their life. Right. So if, if you find yourself kind of falling into negative uh, spirals and traps, uh, the antidote for the negativity uh, is a good mixture of gratitude and hope. And gratitude allows you to enjoy whatever is good in your life now, uh, hope, of course, makes you or helps you to believe that there can be a better tomorrow, that things are improving. And I really encourage you to journal about what you're grateful for uh, and journal about the things you hope for. You know, what will my life look like in six months or five years? Uh, my therapist actually had me write a letter to myself six months later, and then she mailed it to me uh, six months later. And, it, you know, I was amazed by how much of what I had written in that letter came true, uh, partly because I think I had just gotten clear on what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. So, a gratitude journal is one of the best things I did uh, after my divorce. It was super helpful. I mean, it was it was hard because I was in deep despair at yeah. the time, but 
just taking that time to intentionally focus on what I could be grateful for in my life was really, really helpful. Yeah, so do that. Journal about what you're grateful for, like Kathy just said, and also journal about what you hope for and what you're hopeful about. Right, and then and then discuss that with your friends. Try and shift some of the conversations that might be, you know, you might be tempted to have in a negative cycle towards those hopeful and uh, appreciative sentiments. Yeah, instead of building on each other's negativity and feeding off of that, feed off of each other's enthusiasm. <clears throat> enthusiasm for life and enthusiasm for future relationships and enthusiasm for career goals or, um, you know, any anything else that, that you're feeling positive about in life. Right. And in the end, that kind of conversation leaves you feeling very uplifted. Exactly. And you spread a little light in the world too. Right. You know, I negative people tend to feel like victims of circumstance and that bad days just happen to them rather than I get to decide how my day is going to go. Right. Uh, that they decide, decide it can't be helped. And it, you know, and we know that it can, right. especially when we, we take in charge of that for ourselves. Um, and, you know, I think most of the people listening to this podcast and following us on Instagram and Facebook probably tend towards the, effort, the intentional effort required to be a positive person. So <clears throat> if you're listening to this, this probably a lot of this might not apply to you, but we're all works in progress. We all could improve. Right. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to make mention of the fact that Facebook singles groups can be a place where you can see a lot of negative commentary, just a sea of it. Right. Right. Um, it depends on the group, I'm sure. I mean, our group is awesome. I, I see yeah. a lot of positivity there. I mean, obviously, we have negative circumstances to talk about and discuss and things. But overall, we have a pretty positive climate in our group, our 11 later years group. Um, but in that sea of negative commentary in other mid-singles groups, uh, you can be a positive light and stand out in a really positive way to attract positive people. And that's actually how Jeff and I met. Right. Jeff requested my friendship and I accepted because I'd noticed that he'd been positive in those groups. And I wouldn't and you I say that's part of the reason you reached out. I reached out because I noticed that about Kathy. She was a, an island of positivity in a sea of negativity. Uh, you're right. So, you know, that actually works sometimes. Uh, you know, we were both on dating sites, but that's actually how we ended up meeting was just through the positive comments we made on Facebook through our intentional efforts to be more positive. I am super grateful for the amazing person you are and that you responded positively to my positivity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because we're not always in the best of mood and sometimes, you know, this podcast is due and when this, when we were about to start just like, well, I guess if I'm not in a good mood, it goes along with the subject tonight. <laughs> Although I think you've been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're not suggesting that anybody's in a good mood every minute or whatever, but we're talking about a general direction to move with our thoughts in our life. And that is toward hoping for the future and, and envisioning how things always get better and, and appreciating 
uh, all the good in our life now. Yeah. So I guess we'll sign off. There's always uh, a good time for more love in your life. So thank you for showing up for us. And uh, we hope this was enjoyable and we'll talk to you next time. Subscribe to LilyPod to get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, share with those you love. For more information about our organization and services, visit loveinlateryears.com.